Hey, everybody, and welcome to the uh, Brinkus Team uh, podcast. We have uh, Carrie Phillips here. So uh, Carrie has been a guest in the past, and she is a lender extraordinaire. Uh, Carrie, uh, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself, and uh, what we'll do is at the end, tell them how they can get in touch with you, but we call this the Oreo sure. cookie. We'll tell them up front, and then okay. we'll tell them again at the end. <laughs> Rick, you always have a way of, of putting it in simple terms with the Oreo cookie. I'm Carrie Phillips. I am the owner of RateWise Mortgage and I've been a lender for 21 years. And Rick, you and I worked together for, I think, over a decade. So thanks for having me and um, I'm excited to be here. I was I was just thinking as you started talking about that, I said it has been a long time. I was thinking it was somewhere between 10 to 15 years. So yeah, uh, outstanding. Uh, so Carrie, there has been, I mean, it's just ha has been crazy with the amount of loans, refinances, and also some changes uh, with uh, with lending uh, as it relates here to Las Vegas, uh, mainly because of a lot of appreciation that's happened. So uh, at the end of last year, there were some loan limits that were increased. Uh, could you share with us FHA, VA, conventional? If there's if there's been any changes or some increases on that? Yep. So on conventional and VA, um, it went from five ten four hundred to five hundred and forty eight thousand two hundred and fifty. I always think it's weird for the the loan to end in like two hundred fifty or four hundred. They shouldn't they just round it up? But they don't. So. Um, that, uh, as you were saying that, I'm going, come on. Oh, it's a government entity. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I guess. Well, they've got a formula, apparently. But I thought it was interesting because they've increased it five years in a row. And this is a, a really big increase by 7%. So um, it just means our prices are, or our values are going up. It's um, to keep up with the demand. And <clears throat> um, if you stay under 548, 250, it gives you a non-jumbo pricing. Uh, if you go over that, um, you get into jumbo land and, and pricing is, you know, a half a percent to a percent higher. So it's a good thing they increased it. Um, okay. FHA um, had an increase. Um, it went um, from uh, 233 to, or excuse me, 333 to 356,362. Um, on, on single family residences. Um, but fun fact is that if, if you did a fourplex, you could actually go up to $962,050 on oh an FHA. Goodness. So um, investors out there, you could actually get in for three and a half percent down if you lived in one of the units on a fourplex and you, you could buy up to that amount. So sure. thought that was interesting. So for any of those investors out there now, the little caveat with an FHA loan, it is an owner-occupant loan. So in order to get that, which that is incredible and great information. That's why we always love having you here. You give us all of these fun <laughs> facts, uh, but you can buy a $900,000 fourplex. The, the caveat is you'd have to live in one of the units, uh, which I have a lot of people uh, talking about, hey, I wanna get started in investing. Uh, if I bought a fourplex, lived in one, that is a great opportunity and they could you know, get in with like as little as three and a half percent down. So that's, yeah, it's, it's crazy, but, and they only have to live there for 12 months. So if you make the commitment to say, okay, I'll live here for 12 months to get this awesome investment, then it could be worth it. Fantastic. And then VA, uh, they have kind of a different formula as far as loans go. And uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Well, VA actually follows conventional. So their loan limit um, went from 510, 400 to to five, four, eight, 250. So it's the same same thing with VA as it is with conventional. 
Okay, and they can get into it with if they have full entitlement, they can get in dollar down for that that loan amount. They can get in for zero down on VA. Excellent. Yeah. Um. So so VA loans are kind of one of those uh, wonderful things uh, for uh, you know our our servicemen that pledge their um, their time, energy, and and sometimes the, the ultimate sacrifice of their life. They get this huge benefit of the VA benefit, so they can buy a house with no money down, uh, which is fantastic. And uh, there's a thing called the VA funding fee um, sure. that, that's on there. So are there different amounts if they've used it the first time or subsequently have used it uh, other times? Uh, and is there also a difference if they put some money down? Uh, does it change that at all? Sure. So if they do zero down and they're, um, <clears throat> and they're a first-time user, their funding fee is 2.15% of the loan amount. So, um, you know, and then that loan, that, that fee is rolled into the loan. So, you know, get, you hear sometimes people say, oh, I, that's a big fee. But if you look at it like um, VA loans, they don't have PMI. So you save several hundred dollars a month there. They have to fund the insurance somehow. So they do charge this and roll it onto the loan. Um, if you are a subsequent user, so use it the second or third time or eighth time, you can use the VA loan. I had an 81-year-old gentleman, this is last year, he was using his VA loan. Um, that funding fee is 3.3% of the loan okay. amount. Now, there is a way to not have a funding fee if you are at least 10% disabled or receive, you know, disability from VA, then it's zero funding fee. So they waive that for those veterans that um, are disabled or receive that, that income. Sure. So, you know, uh, kind of one of the things is I always try to provide coaching and uh, in any business, you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. So for loans, you know, I'll refer them over to Carrie and you can kind of go through all of those things. But sometimes... Um, the, the, uh, a seller's house has gone up dramatically. They use their VA to purchase it. And now they have, you know, 150 or, or $200,000 that they're going to be putting down on this, this next house. Uh, and sometimes I coach them, you may want to, uh, and, they're, and they're not a disabled veteran, you may want to look at uh, maybe doing a conventional loan. If you put 20% down, you're eliminating the, the, the PMI, which is kind of the equivalent of the, the VA funding fee as opposed to using your VA for the second time, and now you have the VA funding fee and a, a little bit higher loan amount. So it's, it's one of those things that you and I are always able to do. Um, uh, as Dave Ramsey says, have the heart of a teacher be able to share that information so that they can make a good informed decision. That's right. It's really a matter of doing the math. So I have had clients that are VA um, clients that have plenty of money to put down and the, and if they have to pay the funding fee, now I will say if they put more than 5% or 10% down, the VA funding fee is almost cut in half. But um, we do the math on that situation because a VA loan does have about a half a percent better in interest rate. Uh, so oh, we have to do the math and say, okay, how long are you gonna live in the house? Let's see how much this half a percent actually equates you know, in finance charges and is that uh, less than the funding fee. And then we decide whether or not it's best, um, you know, do conventional or VA in that. Perfect. So it comes down to a math equation and uh, the big variable is how long are you going to stay in the house? That's right. right. Well, that's one of the biggest. Yes. Yeah, sure. Yep. 
Um, and, and then, you know, one of the other things, just in conversation, sometimes, uh, you know, when you uh, hear of a disabled veteran, I've had um, some people just because of loud noises going around when they had their hearing tested, when they were first getting into the military, and then upon exiting, uh, there was a little bit of a de decline in their hearing. They can still uh, carry on conversation and so on, but, but you know, their, their hearing was affected a little bit. If it passes that 10% uh, disability, now they can get in with no VA funding fee. So that's a, Correct. It's a, a great yeah. benefit uh, to them if they're doing that. So uh, I have a couple of other questions that I wrote down here. Uh, do you have a forecast at all about interest rates? Uh, the, the market has been brisk. Um, crystal ball is always foggy. Uh, it's one of the questions we always get. So um, interest rates have gone up over the last month by about an eighth to you know a quarter. They hit pretty much an all-time low in December. Um, I mean, from June to December, it just kept declining, declining, and then it really plateaued. So what the prediction is, and, and I've read probably 20 plus articles from different experts, from different different sources, and half of them you know, think that rates are gonna plateau this year, and the other half think that it's going to inch, inch up, and in, within the next year, it could go up from you know, anywhere from a, a half a percent to a percent. So if you're deciding whether to refinance, I would do it this first quarter, just get it done. You know, the paperwork sometimes a pain in the butt, but it's, it's worth it because we are just above the lowest point in all mortgage history. And sure. it's not going to come, it's not going to go further down is, is mostly the consensus of everything that I'm reading. So, um, but this year is going to still be a great year to buy. Um, it's still going to have low rates. I mean, even if it goes up a percent from like 2.75 to 3.75 on a $300,000 loan, it would increase your payment of about $160. So that's not terrible. You know, it's something, but it's not like it's a, you know, a, it, it, it's, it's going up hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of dollars. So um, this year is definitely a great year to buy. Sure. So one of the things that um, we see a lot of people that have done a forbearance agreement and we're thinking of refinancing and or thinking of selling, uh, paying off that forbearance agreement, the, the money that was set aside, their, their loan path would be a little bit higher, but they also weren't making house payments for the last several months. How does that affect them either on a purchase or on a refinance? Well, let's talk about a refinance first. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about a refinance first. If they're in forbearance right now, in order to get the refinance, they have to actually bring their pay, their loan current. So if they're behind by three months before we'll close on the refinance, they've got to pay those three months. Okay. So, so they cannot um, pay that off as part of the refinance, if, if I understood you correctly. Okay. Correct. It has to be done prior to closing. It can't be like, okay, well, can I just roll that into the loan? You know, Fannie and Freddie look at this as, why would we give you another loan if you are having trouble paying your previous loan? You know, so, um, but that's the rule um, on the refinance. And on the purchase, you're going to pay off what's due. So the for forbearance would be paid off before you purchased another home. So, um, that would take care of that. You're not going to, let's say you're in forbearance right now on a current home and you want to keep that home and buy another home. You have to bring your current home up 
um, to current without a forbearance going on, and then you can purchase another home. Um, forbearance payments aren't hurting your credit. They don't hurt the ability to qualify for another loan, meaning um, if a borrower was late two months on their mortgage and, and wasn't in forbearance, they, it would kill their ability to get another loan. But if they actually go through the uh, you know, forbearance procedure and do it the correct way, if they bring it up um, current, we are going to give another loan and not hurt them for you know, what the CARES Act was meant for, which is to give some relief. Sure, sure. Well, and hopefully as our country and city start to heal, things start returning to normalcy, um, you know, people start, tourists start visiting uh, and kind of uh, being very vibrant again with a lot of the restaurants and so on. That would be... Uh, yes, can't wait. Hope, hopefully it is what we call a quick V recovery where we've been down and bounces back very quickly as opposed to a U recovery that could take months or years to recover. Um, uh, we're all banking on that, that quick V recovery. You know, the other great yeah. thing about refinancing... Um, is if, if, for example, somebody, uh, let's say, closed their refinance on the 20th of uh, February, uh, they would prepay the interest from you know, February 20th through the end of the month. They would not have a payment on March 1st. Their, next, their first payment would be due April 1st. So it kind of almost gives them like a 45 days uh, until that first payment when they do refinance. So if they were able to get everything caught up with the forbearance, did a refinance, not only are they going to hopefully lower their interest rate and payment, uh, but also have that, that grace period, or not a grace period, but a, a you know, kind of the gift of a refinance is that you're not gonna have your first payment due uh, for at least 30 days, but you know, 45 days or possibly longer. Yeah, there's a way if you are in a refinance, for those of you that are thinking about it, um, you can actually, we can close on your loan, let's say the first week of March. You don't have to pay your March payment because technically it's not due until the 15th. So you actually could close the beginning of March and then you wouldn't have a payment for March or April and your first payment would be May 1st. So there's a way to actually skip two full months. That's a strategy of, of, of a refinance where somebody's looking for a relief. Um, they've got to bring their, you know, their forbearance, um, you know, up to, uh, you know, the loan good without the forbearance um, balance still on there. And so that's a way for, for people to, to, to help make that happen. Oh, well, that's been, I, hey, anytime you don't have to make a, a house payment for two months, that's a good thing. I think you can always yes, find is. a way, call your mother, take her to dinner, uh, do something do something <laughs> nice for your spouse, right? Um, so, so a couple of things. That's what I love about you, Carrie. I always say um, buy a purse for your lender. <laughs> buy a purse for your lender. See, Sorry, always, go ahead. Always, I, I would always say a good way buy to a, yeah, buy a purse for your lender. Sure, <laughs> sure, fantastic. Wait, what were you going to say? Well, the no, that you're always so super creative. That is just, that's wonderful on how, um, and obviously you, you've done this more than a time or two and, and you have a, a great strategy with that, but you're always so creative. You and I were talking about um, a client of mine has really a, a large amount of cash to put down, uh, but doesn't want to show or, or for a number of reasons, um, uh, the income wasn't quite there. And you have a creative way of kind of helping people uh, it's not actually a loan program, but it's really more you being super smart in what you do, uh, finding a creative way for somebody to get in uh, when they have a large amount of cash down and they don't want to verify their income. Uh, talk to me a little bit more about that. 
Sure. I, we have lots of clients that don't show a lot of income, but they have a ton of assets. And so they, they're living off of their assets. That's their income. They're drawing from their, from their assets. Um, a way to utilize what we've created, a way to utilize those assets is in an income producing way so that it can count and for Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac um, um, qualifications is to create a trust. Oh no, trust attorney. Go, go, keep, keep going. You, you, you had a, a slight pause there and it was, it was oh. the internet's unstable. So uh, um, okay. it was you or me. Um, we'll just have you my back. You are back. So go ahead and repeat just in okay. case somebody had a little hiccup. Sure. It, it, you have a lot of people that have a ton of assets that draw from their assets as part of their income. Well, it, assets just sitting in a bank doesn't count for qualifying income um, if it's not appropriately um, um, put in, in the right title name, which means they, if they create a trust, they can do it on their own or they can hire a trust attorney. If they create a trust and then put a checking account title in the name of the trust and they take a distribution from that account, Sure. And have enough of a have enough of a, of a balance in that checking account to cover 36 months of that amount of income. So on let's say they need $1,000 a month to qualify, they would need okay. 36,000 in that account as the balance. That is a way for us to be able to count that income and, and have the borrower qualify. Uh, and you can do as little as 5% down and utilize this program. Um, but it, it's, it's, I've, it, I've probably gotten about 30 or, you know, 30 plus people used in, in a mortgage using this kind of program. So it, well, it's worked out well. Well, that's fantastic. So it's not just the amount of what the payment is, but it would be what you would need to qualify for that payment. Is, is that, is that what I understand? Right. We'd, ha we'd have to do that math and say, okay, what is it going to take? What's your debts? How do you offset the debts plus a new mortgage? This is the amount of money that it's going to take in order to, you know, qualify for this district for this mortgage. It's called a trust distribution. So we would discuss that and and have enough of assets in the bank, and then they take their 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 month of distribution before we we closed escrow. Yeah. So so it would be just as if you had a relative that created this trust with lots of money, and part of my income was that I had trust distributions. Um, Correct. Kind of doing it a little in reverse is you, you may even have that person create and fund their own trust and then just take distributions from that. So a lot to Correct. accomplish the same thing on uh, loan programs that, that currently aren't available, but again, being creative like you. And that's one of the reasons why, why you're so good is you are able to put these pieces of the puzzle together, uh, counsel with somebody and find out the best way for them to kind of move forward with it. Yeah. Um, so, Thanks. so and on the CARES Act, they've kind of changed and modified a little bit along the way from, from last March when they initially came out and said, hey, you can do this forbearance agreement. The original was like for 90 days. Um, uh, some of the, depending on who the investor is, many of them extended it for up to a year uh, that you could do a forbearance agreement. Um, and um, are there any changes on that or some of the new things as it's kind of uh, changing almost every uh, three to six months, we see some changes with that. Well, they didn't even allow the person to do a mortgage if they were in forbearance. They lightened that. 
Um, <clears throat> but but really, I, I mean, there's not a huge amount of changes for the CARES Act. It's pretty consistent to what, it, what it's been since last June. That was kind of the biggest change where they didn't allow people to refinance and then they allowed people to refinance if they were, if they came um, current. But that's the biggest, that's the biggest change that, that that's impacted clients. Sure, sure. Well, and, you know, I mean, the market is super brisk right now uh, because some people are in forbearance agreement and because some people uh, due to the moratorium, some homeowners um, uh, would be putting their home on the market if, if their home were vacant. Uh, but now they're just trying to work through the, the um, situation with their current tenant. And the belief is from, from many uh, of the local experts is that once those you know, that moratorium specifically on the eviction uh, gets um, relieved. And I heard as many as when they had moved it, and they, they moved that moratorium date a, a couple of different times. When they moved it to the end of December, I heard that there were as many as 30,000 evictions filed in November and December. And many of those- Oh, really? Yeah, so now they've moved it back out to uh, locally here um, as we speak. And again, this could change, but uh, in March, <clears throat> federally, they're talking about moving that till September. So we don't know exactly, you know, a little bit of wet cement, we don't know exactly what's gonna happen. But right now for home sellers, it is a fantastic time. Inventory is way down. The belief is many of these homes will be coming on the market and now you've got more competition, right? So if, if I put my home on the market and I'm the only one on the market or one other, um, obviously my home becomes more desirable than if there's 10 homes on the market. I uh, know yeah. others can choose a, a lot of those. So, so homeowners sometimes are really surprised when I sit across the table with them that their home could be worth way more than they think uh, because of what's happening with the market. Interest rates hovering around historic lows, inventory down, um, you know, just a, a, a tremendous amount of demand. Uh, we actually had, uh, it, it's interesting, I'm a member of the uh, Southern Nevada Home Builders Association. And on their call uh, in January, we were just talking about how brisk the resale market was best month, December of 2020 was the best month we had in all of 2020. And for home builders, guess what? Most closings in December was the highest number of closings that they had all year. So just kind of talks about how brisk uh, the market is and the demand. So uh, if you're curious about the value of your home, you can click on a link uh, down below. If you got some information uh, from Carrier or myself, uh, and you want to subscribe, go ahead and do that down below. Uh, Carrie, this is that second part of the Oreo cookie. Uh, we'll have you go ahead and give you a little commercial on how they can get in touch with you. And, uh, and we'll go ahead and end it. Thank you so much. That was uh, just tremendous. <laughs> I have sparks flying off of my notes over here that, that we took and, and you and I had even talked prior to. More nuggets well, came out of this. <laughs> well, I learned some nuggets too from you. Um, my uh, contact information, my cell number, you can call me at 702-375-3401. That's the best way to get in touch with me. Text me, call me. And my email is kari at ratewisemortgage.com. And thanks again for having me. And I hope that we've all learned something today. Awesome. Carrie Phillips, everybody. Uh, Rick Brinkus and the Brinkus team. Again, if you want to get in touch with me, you see my sign right over my shoulder here uh, uh, at Keller Williams Realty, the marketplace, 702-456-5959, Rick Brinkus and the Brinkus team. Thanks.